0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: For the University of Georgia, as we now know, Brock Bowers has to have surgery on his ankle and is going to be out for a while. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy, Bill Bender. He, of course, National College Football Writer for Sporting News. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page, at BillBender92. Bill, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes on the show with me this evening.
2: Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on.
1: So, you know, arguably maybe the best pass catcher, or at least one of them in the world of college football, we know is not going to be around for a while at the University of Georgia. My question to you is do you think that this really changes anything at least for the regular season when you look at what Georgia has left on their schedule?
2: I mean, they're going to have to play. Obviously they're going to have to play well in those games. I think, does it make Georgia more gettable? I mean, maybe I, that stretch against Missouri, Ole Miss and Tennessee won't be easy. I mean, Florida on top of that in a rivalry game. So it does alter the way they're going to play offense, but I'm not one of those guys that's going to penalize Georgia for an injury based on a predictive thing. And I talked to my, my actually give my editor Bill Troche credit for that line of thinking, right? Like we got to see what it looks like with Bowers out of the lineup, and like I said, it's not going to be easy, but I mean, I still think they're number one, and I subscribe to the theory that they're number one until somebody knocks them off.
1: Yeah, and look, I think Carson Beck is is getting his way through this offense, right? I mean, again, he's completing 73.6% of his passes. He's got 12 touchdowns. He does have the four interceptions, but still 3-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. His rate, his quarterback rating is 163.8. You know, he's evolved himself now, I think, where at this point of the year that they have so many different weapons still, you know, with their wide receivers and running backs, that I don't think they, again, I'm not saying that they don't miss a beat, but I don't think that that Bowers would be maybe as tragic for other teams when you have a quarterback that now is, is getting things figured out, has been in the system, and has plenty of other pieces that are around him.
2: Yeah, and that's fair. And Michigan's a great example of last year when Blake Corum went down. Mm-hmm. Blake Corum was their most important piece, and, I don't think too many people gave them a chance to go beat Ohio State and Columbus. And they had to, they did have to alter the way they played, but Donovan Edwards filled in and they made big plays in the passing game. And now this year, I mean, you look at Michigan, they're probably, I mean, I I think up until last week, right, that you would probably say that Michigan and Georgia have separated a little bit. I'm hesitant to say that because. When I look at the Big Ten East, I see three really good defenses and three really good teams, and any one of the three could win the Big Ten.
1: Bill Bender, National College Football Writer for Sporting News, joining me here on the WaitForward.com hotline. Does this season feel like that coaching blunders have been enhanced, whether it's Mario Cristobal not kneeling, whether it's you know uh, Dan Lanning not kicking field goals early? Like It seems like this year – Coaches have had a real hand in big games and costing their team wins this season.
2: Well, I think those are two separate ones, obviously. I mean, ball you just kneel the football. It's that simple. There's no way around it. You kneel the football, you go home. Um, any level of football. And landing's probably like, it's almost like a generational debate. I was talking about this. I think there's some young football fans out there that are proponents of going forward on fourth down every time. And analytics, that term gets used so loosely. I'm like, is that a person? <laughs> I, I mean, that's my thing. It's got to be on feel. Uh, the way I looked at Saturday, John was take the points at the end of the half, and the other two, that's your call based on feel. But, you know, analytics can't tell you if the left guard has flinched twice or if, you know, your running back just ran it 7 times. I mean, something like that, it's it's definitely based on feel, but as far as the Dan Landing criticism, I think you've got to take the points at the end of the half in that first one, and then the other two, I, I didn't really have a problem with. The last one's a little close, though.
1: You know, Bill, um, I, I was talking to another columnist about this, that I don't know how the Pac-12 isn't going to have at least two representatives at the Heisman Trophy ceremony this
2: year. Well, the quarterback play has been at the highest level. Michael Penix has been at the highest level. Caleb didn't have a good night the other night, but, I mean, he could still work his way back into that conversation. Uh, Bo Nix, and, and I mean, even Shador Sanders. You could take it down to him. Yeah. He's had a fantastic year. The quarterback play in that conference is better than everyone else's in terms of depth. Though, if you look at the SEC, you mentioned Carson Beck. He's having a season. Jaden Daniels is having a whale of a year, even though they've lost a couple games. He's been uh, pretty brilliant for the Tigers.
1: Bill, uh, it gets started this, uh, this Saturday. So the, the actual Big Ten schedule now gets started here on uh, October 21st because now we get Penn State and Ohio State, and then obviously we'll get Michigan you know, in that round robin. But, you know, this is going to be a, a just a, a, a big end of October into November. I mean, I, again, these really are three of the real heavyweight programs in college football
2: right now all three of them capable of winning a national title. And I, I haven't said that in a while where it was somebody other than Ohio state that was capable of winning at all Penn state, huge stakes this weekend for them really huge. And uh, I, I think so. I, I think Penn state, Michigan, Ohio state, top three scoring defenses in the country. I mentioned how I thought Michigan has looked the best. Now they haven't played a ranked opponent yet, but I like Georgia the last couple of years where, to me, there's something to be said when you're winning games by 40 points. You know, Bill controlled. Yeah,
1: no, go ahead, go ahead, finish your thought.
2: And that's all I got is that you know there's got to be something to that, that 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 they are winning at that level, and those three games are going to be huge.
1: And you know, Bill, it's it's almost a shame that for you know for several years now that Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State have to all play in the same division in the Big Ten while you know, we get some of these really lackluster Big Ten championship games. And, you know, again, I don't know what effect it's had on the Big Ten overall. But, you know, again, I do think it's probably had some effect just in the sense of you you get these three monster games where where they, you know, the round robin of everybody, but then you get to the conference championship game where there should be some kind of culmination payoff. And you find up these games, whether it's, you know, Michigan and Northwestern or Ohio State or Iowa or just you don't get these compelling games in, in what is a way better divisional race than what a championship conference is.
2: And it's anticlimactic yeah. is the way I would put it. it. It Because you get to the road and you're like, well, I mean, we've already watched Penn State beat Iowa 31 nothing, and Iowa's 6-1. and And I read a tweet today, I think it was from Josh Pate, where it said, you know, Arkansas could win the Big Ten West. He's not wrong. I would, I would co-sign that. I think Arkansas could win the Big Ten West. I don't think Arkansas would beat Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State. And when the Big Ten goes to 18 teams next year, some of this is going to be – it's going to change because they're going to play all these teams from the West Coast. But if you flipped over from Washington, Oregon, to Wisconsin, Iowa on Saturday, at any point, you probably thought you were watching two different sports.
1: And, you know, Bill, uh, if you look at the ACC, if you told me that Florida State, Carolina, Duke, and Louisville are all ranked, I would tell you, yes, with the round ball where they throw it into nets and stuff (laughs) like that. But, I mean, look, Louisville's been a real surprise. They started off the year really well, beating a a game Georgia Tech team. And Duke is really built on two years now. Now, we'll see how all those teams finish. I still think Florida State's going to run the table. And I had said that. I said before the year started, I thought they were a playoff team. But, again, give Carolina, Duke, Louisville credit. Like, it looks like a different ACC when you look at the standings of that conference right now.
2: I agree. And uh, North Carolina is very good, by the way. This is probably Mac's best team since he came back to North Carolina. Uh, Drake May has a running game around him. Defense is solid. That's a good team all the way around. Florida State, I kind of agree with you looking at their schedule. It's going to be hard for somebody to beat them, but uh, you never know. ACC football is wild. I mean, Louisville's classic example last week when Pig gets them and they got them at the right time uh, coming off an emotional win. That's throwback to the old ACC Coastal games. And, you know, Miami losing to Georgia Tech and then following up losing to North Carolina. Two weeks ago, I probably would have told you Miami was a decent playoff sleeper.
1: Is Old Miss kind of really one of the more underrated teams in college football right now. I mean, again, you're lining up against Alabama and and LSU and A&M and all of that in the West, and they'll get a hold of Georgia. And and I really do think that if Georgia loses in the regular season, I think that old Miss game could be a dangerous game, but they feel like one of the more underrated kind of teams so far in college football.
2: It's a bad night or bad afternoon at Bryant-Denny. But a lot of teams have had bad afternoons with yeah. Bryant Denny's over the years. So I, I only penalize them for that so, so much. I mean, coming out of this bye week, yeah, I mean, their margin for error is not great. That Georgia game could be very interesting. They run the ball well. Jackson Dart's been efficient. Uh, defense can play. And Lane, the Lane Kiffin factor is always at work. He's done a very good job at Ole Miss since he took over. So. But, yeah, they're probably a little overlooked because of that bad afternoon where we're assuming, hey, they need Alabama to lose so they can have that chance to get back in the mix. But that LSU win was a nice one. That was, a, that was one of those – depending on how you feel about games where they score every time, that was one of the best games of the year.
1: Bill, if you had to pick a – as we're halfway through the season, if you had to pick a national coach of the year, who would be the guy you would pick?
2: Oh, that's a tough one. I, I, I mean, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you would say Dion, right. Right. Because of what the phenomenon he's created and what it's done for the sport. I mean, at this point in time, I mean, I, I Mac Brown's a good one because that North Carolina team's pretty good banded together. Got Tez, Tez Walker back, dangerous team in the ACC. They would be a good one. James Franklin will have that opportunity if Penn state breaks through, but these are programs that have had some measure of success. What, what Colorado did in September was unprecedented. And I've covered this sport for a long time. And just to see the perfect storm of social media, a generational player who I got to – the cool part about that, John, was I was explaining to my son and his friend, like, when I was growing up, best cornerback in the NFL, you know, best corner, cover corner. And then, oh, yeah, in the summer he stole 40 bases.
1: <laughs> yes. That's,
2: and I started showing him highlights highlights of Dion, and it took me back to my childhood because I was like, I remember watching these games and how amazing he was. So what he did in September was pretty phenomenal, and uh, despite what happened last week.
1: Do you think Brent Venables deserves to be in that conversation? Because I think, you know, again, look, I know it's Oklahoma, but they had a rough year last year. And, you know, it's a, you know, obviously Texas was kind of the the program that everybody looked at and, you know, is this the year for Texas and all that. But I think Brent Venables has really made a nice turnaround. Again, he's won as many games, you know, right now at this point last year as he did all of last year.
2: And it's been a phenomenal turnaround for the Sooners. Uh, he worked the transfer portal to increase the, de- the improve the defense. Dylan Gabriel is an excellent Heisman candidate. I always forget him when I mention Heisman candidates, but, his all-around game, and he gets to play his old school UCF this weekend. So, uh, I mean, yeah, he'll definitely be in that conversation. Like you said, it is Oklahoma, so you're kind of like, well, they should be good. What they've been able to accomplish in the first half of the season has been pretty great.
1: Is uh, if you have to pick a Big Six team, or sorry, a uh, a non-power five, you know, team to be in the Big Six is Air Force maybe the most likely I mean again I know Tulane is ranked you know as well but you know Air Force is 6 and 0 I mean they're hanging tough and you know that's a that's you know for what that you know conference is but hey 6 and 0 is 6 and 0 I mean you're halfway there you know again does Air Force maybe end up with a with a big 6 bowl game when all is said and done
2: be a great story. Yeah. I mean, Troy Calhoun with the, the 10 one seasons he's had, I, I talked to him a couple times in the off season. What a remarkable coach he really is. Now they lost their quarterback though in yeah. the Wyoming game and that's going to be tough to overcome. You know, they play Navy this weekend. I like Tulane again, you know, Tulane beat Memphis last week. That was a big win. They got Michael Pratt back. You watched them. They played old Miss to the limit there until it got away from them in the fourth quarter. So it wouldn't surprise me if Tulane worked their way back into that. Um and and Liberty's on tonight, by the way. Liberty and Jamie Chadwell. What a story they are. They're they're playing really good football.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm a big I I wanted I wanted Georgia Tech to get Jamie Chadwell, but that's a different discussion for another day. Bill Bender is a national college football writer for the sporting news. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page at BillBender92. And he joined me here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Bill, my friend, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes uh, in Atlanta tonight. And, you know, obviously, we'll be chatting again soon.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on, as always. Take care. Have a great night. You got it.
1: Appreciate it, buddy. And um, when we get back, it will be time for What's Bugging Chuckery. I mean, Oren, has Katie Nolan really had it that bad? We'll discuss all of that back. Chuckery in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 999 The Game, Honestly.com app.